Potty. We are here, mate. Grego, we are, mate. We're we back are again. back. We are back. Back. Back in the New York groove. Um, mate, it's been another week. It's been a shorter week this week. It has been. has been. Got but, Origin um, tomorrow night. Oh, mate. Looking forward to that. Oh, you've even turned up here today in your Blues jersey, which is an absolute pleasure to behold. Certainly have, mate. And I do like to wear my Blues jersey, but, uh, you know, Safer wearing it the night before a game in case I. Oh, know, mate, and we're gonna, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, jerseys and and blues attire in the podcast. I can assure the listeners that. Never fear, it's coming your way. Should we get into it? Absolutely, mate. Let's do it. Well, Potty, here we are. We are back in the Robert Allenby studio. Um, exciting times. It's um, obviously Origin Fever mm. is uh, is on its way. Fever but pitch. Fever pitch, mate. I'm telling you, I am so excited. Mate, I just love this time of year. And, you know, it's, it's just nothing better than Origin, is there? You just oh, love man. watching it. You love the hope that you're going to crush those Queenslanders as New mm. South Wales fans. And I'm sure they're thinking the same. Yeah, and there's always like one random celebrity who has obviously been misguided like Tyson Fury and yeah. wears a Queensland jersey. But who's going to tell him he's got it wrong? Yeah, maybe that might be a hard one. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm going to let him wear it and say it looks good, Tyson. Yeah, he's, he's, I suppose he's still my favourite boxer. Uh, mate, what else has caught your eye, mate? mate Short week, but short plenty week, of stuff happening. Plenty of stuff happening, and over in New Zealand... Uh, did you catch the footy last week, mate? Uh, on the weekend? Mm. Yes, I did, mate. So the Broncos played the Warriors over Good in Good game. Zealand. Oh, great game. Great game. But uh, you might have noticed that the second half took a little bit longer to finish than others. Do you mm. know why? Uh, no, I don't, mate. Mate. Please enlighten me. 12 pitch invaders in the second half. Oh, the 12. Kiwis. I was sitting there saying... Our cousins on. across the ditch. I was sitting there saying to myself, 12 pitch invaders, what is going on? These people must have more money than sense. This is insane. The 12 apostles. Oh, well, mate. Oh, are, we, are, we, are we starting something here? Here we go. But no, they don't have more money than sense because New Zealand don't lay down the law. What is 12, the law? Well, mate, 12 pitch invaders, as I said, invaded the game in the final minutes mm. and they felt safe to because they escaped punishment. Do you know why? How do they escape punishment for? I mean, it's it's usually a pretty pretty heavy hitting fines. The uh, the old pitch invader, isn't it? Well, because New Zealand law does not allow pitch invaders to be punished as long as they're not naked. Oh, little loophole! Hold on, genius or pussies? Are they not having a go, oh, mate? Look, I don't want to get into any political arguments with our New Zealand listeners here, but. Um, I mean, for those who like a good old-fashioned disruption of your game, it's probably genius. But, you know, if you're going to streak, you got to get the kid Do off. Do it properly. you got to get the kid off. Look, and so what you're saying is that, and where we, you know, had the shout-out on earlier episodes, Carl Power, the great Carl Power, 
So we're suggesting that Carl Power would have got off scot free mm. for all the shenanigans that he pulled. Yeah, if he was doing it in New Zealand, I'd say so. I'd say, and you know, well, Carl might not have got the notoriety that he did for doing it at other events, but you know, I would have been cheaper. Well, Carl, would. you've got the hot tip from the sports detention, mate. You go and have at it in New Zealand, my friend. Well done. Keep the kid on, mate. Um, something else that caught my eye, Koshi. Koshi. Koshi's gone. The finance guru. He, the finance guru. People don't realise that, do they? They, they don't, don't. realise that Koshi was originally the finance guru beca- mm. before he became the face. That's right. Knows his way around the finances. Uh, and he's gone from Sunrise after 20 years. Mm. And, um, you know, that's a long time, isn't it? I mean, 20 years ago, that's, you know, yeah. I, I was finishing high school. I mean... 20 years, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a long time ago. So... I would have had no brain cells back then. Well, I'm not sure I do now, but... <laughs> so, um, uh, got me thinking, who's going to be next? And You, you got know, any ideas, mate? Well, you know, if you want to liven things up a bit, you know, get a couple of former Channel 7 personalities in, could mm-hmm. you, you know... Shane Webke. Of, well, Shane Webke, or maybe a bit of a combination, maybe... Andrew O'Keefe and Slats. <laughs> oh, well, that would be controversial. That would. So Slats, he's, he's found himself in a bit of trouble in recent times. We, we won't dive into all that sort of stuff. But I saw Slats, um, I think it was probably around November, no, no, December last year, and he'd stopped over at the, at the uh, servo just south of the Tweed. Um, what, what is that one? I can't even remember what they call it. Anyway, so and I, the reason I, I was, it just didn't hit me. I was thinking, there's this guy, and he's got this, you know, it's like this jailhouse tattoo on his ankle with a Southern Cross with a couple of numbers in it. And I looked at the face, and I got, oh, I'm pretty sure that slats. So anyway, just a quick little Google search, and I realised it unravelled the story of his test number. So oh. Slats has got the tattoo of his test number on his ankle, but it's actually not his test number. It's Brendan Julian's because oh. they debuted in hey, the hey, same. Old BJ. Yeah, old BJ's got the same uh, test debut date. However, due to alphabetical order, BJ comes in before Slats. Yeah, so right. So Slats has forever thought he was test number 356, but he's actually test number 357. So a little bit of trivia for the listeners at home there. Mm. But however, Slats was uh, it was a hit-and-run mission on the coffee club there because he was in a bit of grief. He was in the news, and I think he was on bail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have any ideas for uh, who could host Sunrise now? Koshy's giving it away, mate? Oh, it's one of those ones. I mean... You know, if we're talking ex cricketers, I think Michael Clark. Yeah, Clarky. You know, head to head with Carl. Oh yes, I we mean, know there's a bit of bad blood there. Ah, I mean they're they're mates, yeah. but I mean they've got a frosty relationship. It's not being filmed in Noosa. So. No, well, <laughs> I mean that would be a problem. Um, I think bring back Grant Denyer. Yeah, why not? You know, if he lays off the uh, off the night train, he should be right. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, uh, what else you got, mate? And uh, final thing that caught my eye this week was Melbourne motorists were left stunned after they spotted an L-plater, 16-year-old, driving a Lamborghini worth over $900,000. Are you kidding me? What sort of pocket money is this kid picking up? Well, just quietly, that's worth more than my house. (laughs) I want to start. And um, What's he getting, 50 grand for making his bed? Well, I'll tell you what, and um, it just... 
got me reminiscing. What was your first car, Greg? Oh, mate, I had a couple of bludgers to start off with. So I had a couple of knock-around cars just on my old to learn how to actually turn an ignition on. So yeah. I had a Mitsubishi Sigma. I bought it with um, four-litre bottle of water in the front in passenger side. Yeah. So, I mean, it quickly became apparent after two weeks that it had a cracked head gasket. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it didn't last very long. It was probably only a six-week job, that one. But I learned how to reverse out of the driveway with that one. Then I got a Toyota Corolla. Mm. Now, we're talking about the Toyota Corolla, and for our younger listeners, your head's about to explode, that had a manual choke. Yeah. So it was quite funny. You could actually sit there... And if you just slowly wanted to take off, you'd just pull the choke out. Yep. <laughs> but um, no, my, my first car was the um, Daihatsu Mirror. Have you seen the Daihatsu yes, Mirror? The, the little box. Oh, mate, it was a ripper. It, was, it had a big sticker on the back saying The Beast. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, everyone, I was a small guy and everyone took the piss out of me, but it was a ripper of a car. Yep. It was three cylinders, but by the time I finished with it, it was only running off one. <laughs> What about uh, yourself, mate? Mate, I had a 1985 Nissan Pulsar hatchback. Oh, mate. Now, this was a flash car because mm. it, it didn't have the manual choke. It had the automatic choke where you gave the accelerator a tap when you ah, turned it on, waited yes. about a minute, another tap, and then you're away. Look out, fuel injection. You know, it wasn't the um, you know best car for a bank robbery getaway because you had to you know warm it up, but you know what? It certainly wasn't worth $900,000 either. No, definitely not. All right, mate, that's me, mate. What, what's caught your eye this week? Well, um, in some, you know, worldwide news, Sunday, mate, Sunday the 28th of May, that marks seven years, mate, seven years since the heroic death of silverback gorilla Harambi. Harambi. That definitely caught my eye. Now, I had been aware at the time of the power that was held within the internet, you know, since Definitely since people started wearing wristbands while pretending to look for Joseph Coney in 2012. <laughs> um, however, it was nothing new, but the Harambi movement in 2016 was strong. You know, Harambi was shot, for those who are unaware, he was shot and killed by zoo staff in Cincinnati after a toddler had climbed into the, uh, into the enclosure. And Harambi, although he was initially calm, um, it was only a matter of time before his instinct took over and you know, it was going to get bad. Um, the outrage for Harambi's death, as you can imagine, was huge. Um, you know, considering it was taken out in a hail of gunfire. I mean, um, you know, in exchange for a safe passage of the intruding toddler, I mean, there, I'm sure there was probably people out there going, well, I mean, the toddler shouldn't have climbed in. Um, You know, the big story out of this, though, and the public outcry was the reaction and the social media phenomenon of dicks out for Harambi. (laughs) So (laughs) as we saw, you know, when unfortunately we had the passing of Phil Hughes, everyone put the bats out for Phil and, you know, and it's a real touching tribute. However, dicks out for Harambi caught fire with... It was taken in the wrong context. So the people who sort of started the dicks out for Harambi movement, it's a slang term for the gun. So it was almost like a call to arms to avenge the death of Harambi. However, people who are about as mature as myself decided, no, this means get your slug out for Harambi (laughs) (laughs) and take a photo, flap it around, do whatever you want. So dicks out for Harambi took off like a rocket ship. Um, 
And the guys who started it actually quickly realised that the people who had hijacked the dicks out for army were the people who picked on them at school, and they really, really got bitter about that. So, um, yes, as we remember, seven years down the track, ladies and gentlemen, dicks out for army. <laughs> Um, another thing that caught my eye, mate, the uh, Reckless Youth ATM prank. Have you been over this one, mate? This has happened uh, in Sydney. Uh, we're on a YouTuber, so a content producer. And now, look, we're content producers. We are. We've got a podcast. We do. However, we're not dickheads. And this is what happens when you go too far. So this young fella uh, has decided to set up a, a, a camera and a position and I think we've all seen it on YouTube, these types of videos where they go and just pull a prank on someone, try and get a reaction. And, you know, this guy, he got a reaction all right. So he pretended to mug someone who had just taken out cash from the ATM. So he's jumped on the back of this fella. He's dragged him to the ground only for the public to undertake one of the more uh, brutal versions of vigilante behaviour and punched the piss out of him, absolutely splattered his nose across his face. <laughs> so, yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you are going to do pranks, um, you know, you need to be prepared for the consequences that can arise due to those pranks. Um, yeah, so he obviously was left with, um, with a broken beak and uh, a poor finish to his video. Yes, yeah, so might have got more hits than um, the original video. Well, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I love it. <laughs> um, okay, and the final thing, mate, we're going live this weekend, mate, so we've got to plug uh, our uh, footy companion, our first footy companion, FA Cup final this weekend. Uh, so we'll be on YouTube for all of our listeners. Obviously, um, you know, it's a midnight kickoff, so if you can join us at the time live on YouTube, tune into the match, flick us on on the YouTube and follow along with us, listen to the shit talk, the banner, it's going to be a good laugh. But if you can't, you will be able to watch the recording of that video on YouTube. It'll be on our YouTube channel, at Sports Detention, like, subscribe. And also, two guys will get an audio recording of that uh, up on the podcast channel as well, so you'll be able to follow along if you wish. Come on, United. Get amongst it. Get amongst it. Mate, that's pretty much it from the uh, the eyes of catching. Should let's, we get into the footy? Let's get into that footy. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here. Footy time, potty, what do we got, mate? Well, mate, the first thing we've got to talk about, and we have to touch on this, is the death of Tina Turner. Oh, mate, it was, yeah, it hit hard. Yeah, a, a really sad day, and, um, you know, we farewelled uh, a great lady as far as the music industry is concerned mm. and as far as uh, rugby league is concerned. Just to yeah. give a little bit of context for our uh, younger viewers, listeners, should I say, um, Tina Turner came in and was famous for um, Simply the Best, which was yeah. the uh, theme song, if you will, for Winfield the, Cup. the Winfield Cup back in the 1992-1993 uh, season, I believe, and she played at the 1993 mm. Grand Final, and it was just... 
It was epic, wasn't it? And it was during a time of great change for yeah. rugby league in Australia where um, the bosses of rugby league were really trying to do something to change the image and make it more marketable, more... Um, yeah, I mean, prior to that, the game was brutal. Yeah. The game was brutal. I mean, Tina... Yeah, it's an interesting story because Tina came on to the scene earlier than that with "What You Get Is What You See," which was a cracker. As yeah, well. so that and I mean, our first podcast that was the song that went mm. on our Instagram post for it was "What You Get Is What You See." So when "Simply the Best" came out, it was just that it just took it to a new stratosphere, you yeah. know. And and for kids our age, like you know, for people our age, like, that was rugby league for us. Yeah. You know, simply the best was, I mean, you know, backyard footy, just wanting to be your heroes and having simply the best ticking over in the back of your mind was, was that was life yeah. at that time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is quite sad. Obviously, you know, when you when you go into, dive into the, the collection or the, the discovery of Tina Turney, you realise that, you know, her biggest hit was obviously Nutbush City Limits. I yeah. mean, there hasn't been a primary school disco that hasn't gone off with the Nutbush or yeah. even a wedding once uh, once the spirits are starting to be served yeah. that uh, hasn't kicked off with the Nutbush. So, I mean, some hits that will continue to live forever, um, I believe, with, with Tina Turner. But, um, you know, yeah, a, a very uh, nostalgic day for rugby league. Yeah, she definitely um, holds a special place in a rugby league fan's heart. And, mm. um, you know, you can't oversell the influence that she had on um, changing the game from what it was into what it is today. Mm, yeah. From a marketability point of view. Yeah, it was, it was massive. It was massive. All right, mate. So um, we'll move into our games over the previous week. The Dolphins beat the Dragons 26-12. Parramatta got over the Cowboys 24-16. The Warriors went down to Brisbane 22-26 in a nail-biter. Ooh, yep. Uh, they were coming for them. And really, it was a bad um, decision by one of the Warriors oh, players. Yeah. Really, really we'll we'll get into it, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll tuck into that one. And um, 20... Uh, the Sorry. The Raiders got up over the Rabbitohs 33-26 and the Knights did Manly 28-18. And then we've got a host of teams that went... In a replay of the 1997 Grand Final. Oh, and what many people will say is the greatest Grand Final ever played. Yeah. And, yeah, having seen it live and in replay you you find it hard to argue with it was a cracking game yeah i mean i could toss up between the 91 2003 2021 2022 grand finals i think they're probably better yeah i mean but i am a penner fan yeah yeah but uh you know it how, how i mean what about the uh Parramatta's last Premiership, mate. What do you think about watching that live? Yeah, well, being I was one and being nursed <laughs> by... <laughs> I, oh, I had to lay the booty. Oh, oh. Come on, come on. <laughs> and uh, the Doggies, the Panthers, the Roosters, the Sharks, the Storm, the Titans and the Tigers had the bye because obviously we're heading into that origin period now where you're going to be seeing a few more teams collect a bye each week. Get the easy one. I oh, know, I oh, know. It's Penrith actually. Uh, they've had their two buys already after yeah, this week, which they is... Get, yeah. They get uh, the three buys for each team this year? Three? Three buys. Oh, because yeah. we got the... Yeah, sorry. 
number yep. of teams. My bad. Yep. So okay, bring it on. Yeah. Um, still a chance to get to Bali, boys. Still a chance. Still a chance. Uh, something tells me the Panthers won't be though. <sighs> they yeah. went to Kiama. Yeah. Well, went to the blowhole. Unless they're building houses, not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's surely some outreach to be done. Yeah, mate. So. Um, Match of the round, mate. Match of the round. Uh, my predicted match of the round was the one I ended up sticking with, and that was the Raiders versus South. So I, yep. I, I thought this was going to be a really interesting match from the point of view. Both of them had been beaten the previous week, coming off long uh, winning streaks. I think Canberra had won five or six in a row, as had yep. South, maybe six or seven. And it didn't disappoint. Both pl- uh, both teams were down uh, on troops um, due to injury, suspension, and uh, obviously origin as well. But it was still a fantastic match. Jack White and you know, Cody Walker were special for uh, both of their teams. They'll be teammates next year. Yep, they'll be teammates next year. They're absolute standouts. Um, and really, it, it was back and forth from the point of view. You just didn't know who was going to win right up until the end. South had the lead and then a special play from Canberra to get back in front. Um, geez, I tell you what, big red Corey Horsburgh, how's he going? Yeah, he's he's in form. He's playing really, really well. There was a lot of, I mean, especially even after the weekend, there was a lot of calls that, uh, depending on how Wednesday goes, Queensland is definitely looking at him. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of players that um, aren't in the uh, Queensland team, like Christian Welsh can't get a start. I mean, they're doing all right at the moment as far as depth yeah, is concerned. Yeah, they've got good depth. Um, a um, concerning moment, uh, Corey Harawera-Naira, um, basically collapsed with nobody mm. around him and uh, had a seizure. So I read today that he's having a month off, obviously, to recover, get yeah. the proper scans because that was um, really scary. I just wanted to touch on that. Wish Corey all the best as far as his recovery is concerned. Absolutely. Yeah, really good guy, Corey. Right, one of the good guys. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, it, it was a moment where you got to see that, um, you know, while we're very passionate, it is just, a game at the end of the day. The South fans, the South staff, the South players. Oh, the players were great. Yeah, they were yeah. all blocking it off. They were all... Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, it was, yeah, very concerning and we wish him all the best. I think, you know, um, and I mean, you've only, only got to look at, at the NFL, obviously, with the uh, the player, I can't remember name, his name escapes me, the Buffalo's Bills player who went down with a cardiac arrest. And I think it's quite concerning. There's probably a lot going through players' minds. Um, the more and more we see it, obviously Christian Eriksen in the Euros going down with a cardiac arrest. So, I mean, in that moment, you can imagine the players are just going far out what's going on here. Oh, you, you could see the you distress know? on someone but like Papa Lee's face. Yeah, and for, for them to have the the thought process to be able to go, right, yeah, let's block it off, let's give him, you know, his dignity at the time was, you know, was yeah. pretty impressive for the boys. So I, I think they should be congratulated for that. Um, I'm hearing um, the reports coming out, uh, I believe Don Ferner's put out a statement today to say it looks like it's uh, cumulative head, head knocks which may have contributed to a delayed concussion seizure. Um, obviously that's just been put out from them whether that is the actual diagnosis we're unsure of however um yeah it's a, it's it's a bit concerning um you know as to where the discussion will go because of this you know um obviously cte is a massive hot talking point um however too you got the referees making decisions on head knocks to try and protect players but at the end of the day you're looking at there was 
no real clear evidence to say Corey had had a massive head knock or he had had multiple head knocks. So, you know, it's really it's finding that balance. Yeah, and I think the the Raiders are doing the right thing. They're, uh, as I said, I read that he's having a month off mm. and they're going to be doing the necessary tests and procedure to make sure he's all right. But I think I think it was Victor Radley. This happened to Victor last year where he – but he sustained yeah. a head knock. It was a it was, head knock. And it was immediate. Yeah. And reports came out pretty much straight away that although there were terrible scenes, it wasn't that uncommon for um, a seizure to happen as a part of a, a, a concussion. But with, with Corey, there was – no evidence. Yeah, and it. It, and uh, I mean, there's obviously the phenomenon of seizures being delayed onset. That's yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm absolutely no expert whatsoever, but that's you know, I'm sure someone you know yeah. uh, who is a specialist in in the area of of neurology would be able to mm. confirm that. So I mean, it's yeah, it's it's head knocks, and you know, we we've all played the game of footy, and we all know you get head knocks, but it's you know, it's. What do we do to protect? But there's also a question, as like you, you've mentioned there, is what do we do to ensure that players are ready to come back? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it, you know, on previous episodes where combat sports have got suspensions, mandatory suspensions, um, you know, non-training periods and the like. And I, I think rugby league's got to seriously have a look at that sort of stuff. Um, but whilst these player these players are paid so highly, it needs to be done independently. Yeah. And that needs to be the the power needs to be completely taken out of the club's hands on that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, mate. Uh, what about your match of the round? Where do we land there? Uh, well, I had the Dolphins and the Dragons, mate, but I've gone with the Warriors and the Broncos simply due to that uh, that finish. It, I mean, I, I think it was about it might have been about fourteen to six with about eight minutes to go. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, I'm, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but I think it was roughly around that, and it's ended up 26-22. So it was, you know, the Broncos went out to, to a decent lead, and mm. then the Warriors got back-to-back tries. And, you know, I don't know whether he would have, you know, got tackled. I, I, I reckon, you know, the, the, the Broncos winger was probably in a position where he could have made a play on... Mm. Um, who was it? Um, Montoya yeah, on the wing. Montoya. I think it might have been Pompey who grabbed him. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I'm, I, I think there was probably, you know, it, it was a, it was a penalty. It was a, it was an absolute brain yeah. snap, you know, and it was, it was a no try. Um, but yeah, it was just, a, it was a real shame because I, I thought, oh, far out. If they, if that was a try, could you imagine? They would have. I mean, they would have had to rebuild the stadium. Well, there, that's the, it. There would have been, um, yeah. Fans running on left, right, and centre. But uh, another reason why um, it was my match of the round too is I was I was looking at the uh, the Warriors fans in the stadium, and I I don't know if they're still sponsored by them, but I couldn't help but notice the cans of Woodstock being held oh. in the air, and oh, I mean that took me back. The like oh the Woodies, mate. Four Woodstocks, four forty mil. So your tall cans, you pay about eight bucks for them yep. back in the day. And then I think I probably about ten years after I had my last Woodstock, I went and had one, and it was like like drinking Coke syrup. Yeah, like it's. <laughs> I felt my teeth rotting as yep. I was drinking it. So, but uh, you know, I tip my cap to the Warriors fans ripping into the Woodies, watching the Warriors uh, playing back on home turf, which was which was good. Um, yeah, so 
Brain snap cost them victory, but it was it was a great game. Broncos were well worth it. I thought, um, you know, with a few players out, it was um, young Tristan Saylor played pretty well at the back too. So. Yeah, I thought Tristan Saylor was very good. I thought um, their forward pack did quite well considering the host of stars that they had out. Yeah. And, um, oh, it, you couldn't even say the Warriors were disappointing, I didn't think. I just thought, no. I just thought the Broncos showed up and... It could have been a very different tale except for some last-ditch um, Broncos defence in the first half. I mean, yeah. Tristan Saylor's uh, uh, holding up... Um, sorry, I can't remember the Warriors player he held up, but he held him up and he just got his hand under the ball. It was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. You will not see a better try-saver. And then um, Dallin... Um, Watani, yeah, Watani Lesniak. He had a great game. Had a great game, but he dropped one uh, over the line, something yep. that he snaffles up. Um, and another one, mate. And, look, I'm going to go off script here and I'm going to put it in because it pisses me off, is the forward passes. Now, you cannot tell me that Billy Walters, mate, he almost got an assist for Queensland in Origin 1 with that pass. It was that forward. <laughs> he passed it into Wednesday. Yep. Like... For fuck's sake, like seriously, grow some balls NRL and start to rule on forward passes. Like you, how could you not see that? Like it, it's it's just such a farce. And and the, the word coming out of the NRL is, oh, yeah, we're actually not going to look at it. We don't feel as though, you know, it's an avenue that we want to explore, ruling on the forward pass. I mean, it's it annoys me so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kids can have an essay written for them by artificial intelligence, yet we can't even rule on a forward pass. Yeah, it's 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 beyond the point of frustration for many fans out there, especially when you've got to sit there and watch eight slow-mo replays oh. of a try. And they're again. going, oh, what a great ball. It was only four metres forward. Well, sometimes the um, commentary team's saying, Oh, that's forward. But they can't rule on that, so let's just go look and see if they've made another mistake. Yeah, to try and dig them out. Yeah. Um, another thing before we finish up on the Warriors-Broncos, mates, Rocco Berry. Yeah. Geez, I like Rocco Berry. Rocco He's, Berry. Um, I, I like, like about Rocco? I like the name, Rocco well. Berry. I mean, yeah, but I he's just a powerful centre. I hope he doesn't – He's not. I hope he's not impressing me in the same way – that Bradman best did early in the piece mm, because yeah. Bradman has sort of come back to the pack a bit. I yeah. thought he could have been anything when he first burst on the scene. But and he still might be. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel as though Bradman's just sliding into being a good, solid NRL centre at the moment. Yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, I mean, Rocco Berry's a young fella and he, geez, he looks good. He does. Yeah. He does. There's a fine line between... Bradman Bess and Katoni Staggs because I feel as though Katoni Staggs could fall apart at any minute. Mm. He plays that hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, Katoni Staggs is obviously a step up than um, Bradman Best. Yeah. And uh, the thing that Katoni really did, I think, to, to move to that next level is he got his defence in order. Mm. He, he's become one of the really, really good defensive centres uh, in the competition, and that's how he is finding a way to have an impact on games where he's not getting any ball. He's doing his spot on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe Bradman will get there that way. Mm. All right, mate. So, um, that's big news, mate. Well, Latrell, he's out. Yeah, he's done a calf. Right. He's out for oh, whatever three, four weeks, but it's definitely Origin One. 
and yeah. uh, probably the second origin as well. So this is a real shame from the point of view of I just think it. I was looking forward to say it looked like he was ready for this series mm. to really. You take um it. yeah I I mean we we spoke earlier today and I I sort of mentioned that Stephen Crichton's in good form mm. so I mean you go yeah Crichton's in good form but gee you you don't. You don't trade in a Latrell Mitchell for anything. Like he's just, you know, there's Latrell, and then there's Levels that oh. sit just under that for Origin, and then you know you got your best centres in the game that sit on that. I think Origin Latrell's made for Origin. Yeah, it's oh. big loss for us. And, and generationally, that quite often happens as well. I mean, you go back um, ten, fifteen years ago, and you're like, oh, I tell you what, wouldn't have many centres over Jamie Lyon. Except for Greg Inglis, I don't yeah. mean. So, you know, and that's just, you know, it's no disrespect to someone like Stephen Crichton, who is just such an exceptionally mm. special talent. But Latrell is just... Yeah, yeah, it's the style of footy that Latrell plays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mate, the Caelan Ponga high shot, what were your thoughts on that one, mate? Um, so, yeah... I well, thought it was soft. Yeah. Like, I, I, he'd already lost the ball. Yeah. And he'd, he'd lost it into the manly player. And then there was almost like a pulling out on both parts. Yeah. And I don't even think he made contact with the chin. I think it was sort of more collarbone-y area. And it was, they were both pulling out of it. But so, I've got I've to ask the question, if that was anyone else other than Caelan Ponga, does it even get looked at? Well, I'm at a complete loss because I watched um, this game and Kalen actually copped a couple of hits to his head earlier in the game and I thought, oh, he's off. He's off. And then he just, he wasn't. They, yeah. He's, and then... Maybe we're hyper-vigilant for it at the moment. Oh, they look pretty decent knocks. But yeah. A- a- anyway, but the, the, the instance you're talking about, just, I'm sort of struggling to put together my thoughts on it because I'm just getting getting more and more confused every single week with yeah, some of these and, decisions. It's and, I mean, it's essentially cost them, like that 10-minute that period, yeah. the Newcastle went over and scored. And, I mean, it essentially cost them the game because, I mean, they'll, uh, when he came back on, he'd be, you know, they'll chase the game and Dom Young scores that yeah. length of the field try. So, you know, to say that it's not all these decisions are not having a massive impact on the outcomes of games would be wrong, I believe. Yeah, I, I definitely think they are. And it, it depends on when they happen in a game as well. So, you know, if it happens earlier in a game, I mean, I don't have any data to back this up, but you'd suggest that maybe a team can hold on a little bit longer because they're a little bit less fatigued. And yeah, yeah if it happens at the point in the game where this happened, you know, it could, but, but all she wrote. If that happens on Wednesday. Is there a sin bit? Oh, well, <laughs> if it happens uh, in a grand final, is there a sin? Oh, yeah. Nah. Anyway, mate, I'm going to start a campaign. Jason Saab. Yeah. We need a name change, mate. We need a name change, mate. Watching him in action and watching him just glide across the turf, I'm suggesting a name change for Jason Saab. I'm suggesting Jason Tesla. Oh. Or even Jason Bentley. He's not a Saab. No. He's definitely not a Saab. For me, a Saab reminds me of a European wreckers <laughs> in an industrial area. <laughs> like just a heap of cars that nobody drives anymore just parked on some grass r- rusting. 
You know, that's what a that what a Saab reminds me of, mate. Jason Saab, it's an injustice. Oh, I tell you what, he's beautiful to watch in full. full he he glides across I, the turf. I mentioned um, Usain Bolt in our podcast last week, and he reminds me, tall, um, just that huge stride. Yeah, it reminds me of Usain Bolt when he's in full stride because he'll be running next to someone, and then he's not. Yeah, yeah. And he, he um, just accelerate. It was actually great watching uh, watching it last week, Saab and um, Dominic Young turning on the yeah. pace. Yeah, so yeah, it was a good battle that one. Yeah. Um, final thing, mate. Uh, post point set of six. I I couldn't help but this one out of the Cowboys Parramatta game. You were obviously, I mean, happy as a pig and shit when this happened. But Cohen Hess, I mean, if that is not the biggest coach killer ever. You know, where he's butchered the set of six after, you know, they've closed the gap to 18 16. They're on the bit of a roll, and he just offloads it straight to the Parramatta player. Yeah. Like, it was just, I mean. Yeah, mate, I've got to admit, I don't quite remember this because I was still screaming at Mike Acevo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I just, I was Why? watching it, and I'm just going, oh, man, that is, yeah, oh, like, that's not your job, mate. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so the post point set of six, we know in our uh, illustrious non-rugby league careers uh, that have not gone far that the post set of six, post point set of six is important. Yeah. And Cohen Hess, he got it wrong. He got it wrong. It's, it's a little bit like tennis. They say you haven't really um, broken someone's serve in tennis until you consolidate. Well, <laughs> if... If you score points in rugby league, until you get it up the other end, I mean, you know, if you just give yeah. it back to them and let them go in, you haven't really consolidated That's those exactly points. That's exactly right. Eh? So it's, it's like, it's yeah, huge. you haven't won a world title until you've defended it, yeah. they would say in the fight sports. Uh, looking at next week, mates, round 14, Tigers versus Raiders, Warriors versus Redcliffe, Titans, Rabbits, Sharks, Broncos in another 1997 grand final replay. This one of the Super League era. Roosters versus Bulldogs, Cowboys Storm, Panthers versus Dragons, and we have three teams on the bye. We have Manly, Newcastle, and Parramatta. Up the matters. Well, so, and I would be assuming, this is just a sh- an assumption, that there's probably some interior painting that Bradman Best will need to do in Bali next week. Well. To go with the external... Uh, work that he did in the previous buy three mm. weeks ago. Finish off a league tat while he's there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Match of the round, mate, who you got? Mate, I like the look of the Warriors versus the Dolphins. Ooh, so, yep. um, the Dolphins heading over to NZ, uh, big trip away for them. And b- both teams have been showing, um, well, you wouldn't say the Dolphins have been uh, improving, but they've certainly been higher up than mm. many of us would have predicted at the beginning of the year. And the Warriors, while not always getting the chocolates, have certainly been an improved outfit. Now, whether that translates into semi-final football uh, or not, whether it means they're on um, the path to being an absolute powerhouse, mm, who knows? But this week, I'm looking forward to that match. I'm mm. looking for. I, I think it's going to be a close contest. Mate, I've gone for the Sharks and the Broncos. Mm-hmm. A bit of 1997 nostalgia, really. But unfortunately, I'm not going to be tuning in to see David Bucci, Andrew Eddinghausen and Mitch Healy. Mitch Healy. Play against Darren Lockyer, 
Kevin Walters and Alan Langer. Don't forget Danny Lee. Woo! Yes. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I think they're both both sides that have hit a bit of form in the last couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, to checking that one out, mate. So Sharks versus Broncos for me. We'll see how we go. Love it. Love it. So, mate, I um, I've always, you know, we've been we've been good mates for a while now, and and I mean. I'm I'm one of, I'm a man of honesty and um, I thought that this week when I was looking at the entertainment aspect of our podcast and what we've been watching on the on the streams and the like and I thought I'd just give the listeners a little bit of an insight on how my brain works and I because I know you've you've sort of picked it up you're a pretty intelligent bloke but um, we talked about Welcome to Wrexham the other week Ryan Reynolds Rob McInerney. And they obviously got the promotion and the like. So, during the documentary series, they talk about one of the uh, one of the more uh, vocal fans and physical fans as well, because he's a bit of a hooligan. This fella, and he's got his his girlfriend. So, um, I don't know if you caught that part. So she's um, she's supporting her hooligan boyfriend, who has now been banned from going to the Wrexham games. But anyway, so it turns out that she had a bit of a, a celebrity background because her father was the drummer of the of the uh, British rock band James. Yeah. Have you heard of James? No, I don't think I have. So this is where the connection is. So James sings the famous song Laid, which is the exit theme of the American Pie series. Yep. So it's a big college classic, classic hit, Laid. So they've got another cracker, Sit Down. That's a good one. That's at the end of the night in a British pub when Sit Down's on and that's the last song to set everyone out. It's a ripper. But anyway, check those ones out. So anyway, I'm just, I'm thinking, oh, James, the rock band. And then I thought, oh, Laid, what a hit. So next minute I'm watching the whole American Pie collection because I had to go back and, uh, and check it all out. And I'll tell you what, mate. Geez, it was a good couple of days watching that. Oh. So I, I chipped away at it. I went all the way back to American Pie 1 and I just worked my way through. I skipped the uh, the dodgy National Lampoons band camp series and all that sort of stuff. I stayed with the tried and trusted, but geez, it was a ripper, mate. What, oh. are, you, what are your thoughts about the American Pie movies, mate? Oh, mate, the American Pie um, collection, fantastic. And we're talking about the four, American Pie 1, which I think... Um, about 1998. 99, yeah. 99. 99, yeah. And then uh, American Pie 2 around about 2002. And uh, then the, the wedding, a, a year or two. Yeah. And then uh, Reunion. So we got to go back and get all nostalgic in about 2012. Yeah. But um, I just love watching these series. To, to be honest with you, um, myself and my wife, we regularly go back and oh, look, really? look at yeah. one of them maybe uh, once every year 18 months or something like that we'll just sit down and we'll watch one of them because it, you get nostalgic about you know yeah well you remember time. where you were when, yeah, you were, when those like, movies came out yeah but the absolute classic soundtracks on those albums yes. just take you back to that period of the late 90s early 90s especially american pie to the punk rock soundtracks oh. to that like they you know even if you weren't a massive punk rock fan you can hear you hear the songs whether it be some 41 you know blink 182 all these other punk rock bands and you just go ah oh, remember that you know there was always a party that you went to or something where where that was the song of the night or 
or whatnot. So, and like any iconic series, there are certain parts of it just that have become, I guess, um, sustained within society. So, yeah. Um, well, one of the ones that hasn't been sustained within society, and which is probably a good thing, is uh, in American Pie One, where Oz goes and dates. He goes out on a date with the college girl. Oh, yep, yep. And um, his pickup line is uh, "Suck me beautiful." Yeah. No, it didn't work Uh, and he learned a valuable lesson because she, uh, yeah, she told him that he had to actually listen to girls' feelings and, um, I mean, that's been helping blokes ever since. I can trust you that. Yep, and uh, we also learn about the... um uh, the very primitive days of uh, the internet and, uh, oh, and webcasting. Oh, mate. So could you imagine, like, we, we've learnt so much in the 20-odd years since that because basically this was a movie that, you know, young teenagers just absolutely loved and it basically shows Jim setting up a webcam to try and record someone without their knowledge yeah. getting dressed. Yeah. Which is highly illegal. Yeah. We've worked that out. Yeah, highly illegal. But at the time... It it was was funny. Yeah, it was funny. And a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) But now, it's like, yeah, that part didn't age well. No, it didn't age well. But uh, something that did age well, which is often... I mean, it's turned into a common sort of quote within society is... The concept and the genesis of MILF. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Yeah, it comes from American Pie. So American people out Pie. There who might have been saying it and not knowing where that was born. Yeah, was that's where it came from. Nobody had ever heard of that term before the American Pie movie. No. And um, we had, um, uh, yeah, just just a host of other um, uh, funny moments during that film. Blink-182 actually played a cameo in yeah, the Yeah, so one. they were in that, yeah. yeah. So, so they were watching the huge Blink fan. So they were watching the Nadia video from uh, from a jam session in in someone's garage. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then you go on to the second one where they all come back from college and there's their reunion. They rent a beach house, and the money's not a problem for these guys. <laughs> no, no. Well, they had their painting jobs, That's and that right. was a, one of the big parts of the uh, the second movie. So they obviously had to invite Stifler along. Yep. Um, Alien Ant Farm, smooth. Mate, movie. that was so when Jim decides that uh, he's going to he's going to work himself over, treat himself like an amusement park in his bedroom and he accidentally puts the super glue on the hand and ends up uh, gluing his, his hand to his shaft. I mean, that, him climbing out <laughs> with the video cassette. So, you know, any of our young listeners, they've got no idea what no. a cassette is. <laughs> he's got the cassette glued to one hand and his hand glued to his junk on the other and he's climbing out the roof and then gets caught by the cops. Yeah. <laughs> For our young viewers, if, if you can remember, a uh, listener, sorry, uh, young listeners, if you can remember um, DVDs, they're about fifteen years before that. Yeah, let's go. Let's go another step before that. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that was an absolute ripper. Um, obviously, you know, going out to band camp, Petey, they pretend they thought he was a special kid, and yeah. you know, just <laughs> it was it was an absolute ripper. Um, the wedding, and, they all got back together except Oz, Chris Klein. Yeah, so they say they say it was a scheduling conflict with Oz yeah. in the in the third one. So the reason why he didn't, but I I 
I'll throw the allegedly out there, but I believe it was a, a stint rehab. Like I it, there so. was, there I was, believe that was a yeah. scheduling conflict. Yeah, it was some sort of um, thing, and and it wasn't the same. Like no, you got, no, you know, you got to have Chris Klein in in the movies. Oz Oz was a big part because the way I look at it, and I look at the American Pie, like if you looked at the characters in it, we all wanted to be Oz. Yeah. But it was more likely that we were either Stifler or Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like uh, a few I finches out there. Oh, I, I probably wouldn't be friends with a finch. They'd get <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but um, you know, there were some really good moments. The Stifler dance off. Yes, yes, yes. So Stifler going into a gay bar and then not realizing where he is, yep. and just the way he carried himself in the gay bar was fantastic. And then obviously the reunion. Like looking back on the reunion, I'd have to imagine that it probably appealed more to. Um, like I don't know that it gained a lot of popularity. No, it was for us. us. Yeah, it yeah. was for us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I mean, the best my highlighter uh, highlight, sorry, of the um, of the reunion was Stifler Shit and then the Esky. Yep. That was a ripper. Um, and then obviously um, Stifler getting one back on Finch. Mm. So Stifler. Shagging Finch's mum, yeah, for once that was that was fantastic, <laughs> and that was uh, and that was obviously a huge um, part of the, the the original three series was um, Finch who was sleeping with uh, Stifler's mum, like so, yeah. yeah, and also too like when we talk about Oz, so Oz came back in for the reunion one, yeah. but the fact that Oz was so grossly mistreated, like Oz was our hero, you yeah. know, Oz had it all, he was he was. He'd make the intelligent decisions. He just seemed to have it all worked out. And then to come back, and they, it was a pretty good spin on it to the fact that he had a grossly unfaithful partner. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he had this uh, sports broadcasting career that um, everybody was laughing at him behind his back. It was, a, it was an interesting twist on that one, so I, I enjoyed that. But anyway, mate, um, yeah, American Pie, the series. Trip down memory lane. Yeah, go and check it out, guys, especially if you haven't for a while. Um, it was a great laugh. And, and flick us a, a message, a DM on the socials, get into us, let us know any of the, uh, of the great action that we haven't discussed or we've missed. Uh, yeah, get into it. All right, mate. Football. Should we get into the football? Well, Potty, it was the final weekend of the Premier League. How'd we go, mate? What were the results? All right, mate. So the Arsenal up 5-0 over Wolves. Villa 2-1 over Brighton. Brentford 1-0 over City. Newcastle uh, 1-0 uh, with Chelsea. Palace 1-0 with Forest. The Toffees 1-0 over Bournemouth. Oh, uh, Spurs 4-1 over Leeds Leicester 2-1 over West Ham uh, United 2-1 over Fulham And Southampton and Liverpool played out a four-goal draw Yes, um, I'm going to say that that match Liverpool-Southampton It was almost like Liverpool's season wrapped into 90 minutes you know, there was goals at times, there was atrocious defending at other times, and, um, yeah, a draw with a team that got relegated. 
Yeah. So a pretty good summary of their season. Um, mate, match of the round. Can I guess what it is? Yeah, or mate, oh, I had to go with um, the Toffees, mate. You yeah. got to go with it? Yep. Yeah, it was... Um, uh, <laughs> It was great theatre. It was, um, you know, it was stressful, but yeah. it was um, uh, to get the one nil result uh, was, you know, the, for me as a Toffees fan, uh, making sure they get out of really, and they needed to win as well because as it turned out, if they lost, they were gone. Yeah, and you know, kind of figured that that might be the case. So, uh, cracking goal, plenty of opportunities that gone that went amiss early mm. and it just sort of had that feeling that, oh, God, this is not going to be yeah. pretty. I mean, Leicester were putting the pressure on in the other match. So Leicester, basically, they needed both Everton and Leeds to lose um, or they needed to get a better result than both Everton and Leeds, sorry. Yeah. Um, however, they came out, They you know, they led early 2-0 against West Ham, ended up winning the match 2-1. But, I mean, to score the goal like they did, you know, Decore, mm. and then, but even Jordan Pickford having to save that late one, yeah. like, I mean, oh. you know, you think about the enormity of a match like that. If, you know, Bournemouth score that goal, like, it, that's hundreds of millions of dollars of, you know, just pounds, disappeared, evaporated, you know, you're, you're down in the championship, you're trying to work your way up. Um, I think clubs have worked that out. Yeah, they've well and truly worked that out. Sean Dyche, who is the the current manager of Everton, although he's got a really good record in the Premier League, he has the ability to get a team out of the Championship. Yeah, um, Dean Smith, who's over at Leicester now, who's been bought in there, he can get teams out of the Championship. So clubs are now making those managerial decisions yeah. with an idea of if we get relegated, we need the best person in the seat who can give us the bounce back, yeah. especially with the parachute payments and how that works and how clubs still obtain Premier League funding when they're in the championship to stop them from collapsing. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting um, where to now. I would suggest that for Everton, they have to, you know, they can't be doing this again. You know, they've done it for year two around. years yeah. in a row now. They're, this, You know, and Everton is an enormous club. You know, they cannot be in this position. Um, you know, I've had them as my match of the round as well. Um, I thought it was just, like you said, the theatre of that, of that match and the fact that they held on for it. But, um, you know, fans of football enjoy watching days like this. But I can imagine for yourself, mate, sitting over there, yeah. you could have... You would much rather be watching a different uh, team have to take on all that burden of, of a last uh, a last round relegation scrap. Well, uh, yeah, and as you said, this second year in a row. Last year it wasn't quite as close, but I'm talking like safety wasn't secured till the second last week yeah. or maybe the third last week. Yeah, we, which, Lampard, which so. for a club like Everton is just crazy. Mm. Like it's such a big club. Yeah, so... Um, Something needs to change because you can't keep dodging that bullet forever. Yeah, and um, I, th I believe there's talks currently about ownership, you know, whether there is going to be a change of the ownership. Um, there's also, too, a lot of, you know, misspending and, and financial stuff that's sort of loaded in because it's not like they haven't spent money, Everton, mm. but they just have spent it extremely poorly. And um, and that's always a bit of a concern from a footballing perspective. Um, so relegation has been confirmed for for Southampton, Leeds, and Leicester. Now, mate, we've gone on air about 
you know, what, 50 minutes ago, and I reckon about 30 minutes ago, I got a text message from someone that said, I just bought a new 65-inch TV to watch the Premier League next season. Just open the box and there's no leads. (laughs) (laughs) So... I thought I'd share that one with you. How's that? Oh. How's that for timing on the on the text coming through on the uh, on the football chat on the WhatsApp group? Oh yes. So, Nailed it. Um, look, uh, really, really uh, disappointing for Leicester as well. So uh, they're only, I believe, the only only the second Premier League winner behind Blackburn to be relegated. Um, and obviously, there's been some issues for Leicester as a football club. Uh, King Power, the company that owns them, obviously, um, you know, there's been a lot of issues there in terms of their So what was finances. it, seven years ago that they won the whole thing? Won yeah, the Premier League. won the Premier League, so 2016 season. So, um, you know, King Power were hit pretty hard by the COVID. Um, obviously, they're um, duty-free. That's duty-free goods, yeah, the, the Thai company. Um, so they were, they were hit pretty hard financially during the, uh, the COVID pandemic, but also to Vichai, the, the founder and the father, obviously he had that uh, tragic helicopter accident um, outside of the club stadium. Mm. Uh, I believe that's going on three years ago yeah. now, you know, which is absolutely massive. So his son has obviously stepped into his shoes, running the football club, you know, managing, um, you know, the, the enormous company King Power. Mm. You know, you, you can't plan for that and you feel as though, geez, there, there's got to be something there where the club has sort of felt the impact of not only the, the financial impact of, of the company of King Power but also to the emotional and family impact because because the father, Vichai, was very, very well renowned in Leicester. They, they loved him, the fans, you know, and, and just things aren't the same when he's not there. You you would think so, yeah. yeah it's it's quite sad, and and you know as a as a fan, a football fan in general, but someone who's got a heart, you know, you can't can't help yeah. but feel sorry for for the Leicester City Football Club, you know, as you know, football is uh, football's got to go on, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it is pretty disappointing for for them as a football club to go down. Um, rightio, mate, some. Some other news around the traps too. Chelsea, they've confirmed the uh, Mauricio uh, Pochettino appointment. So he's going to step into that wildfire that is Chelsea Football Club under the uh, Bowley ownership. Um, obviously, he was he finished up as, as manager of PSG, sacked um, in the last season. So, you know, he got himself a league and a title whilst he was there, former Spurs manager. So he comes in with a good reputation. I don't think he's damaged goods. Some some people may say he is. Am I, as a Manchester United fan, glad that we went for Eric Ten Hag as opposed to Pochettino? Absolutely, because I think Ten Hag has been amazing this year. Um, however, I think Chelsea are getting a good manager. That's, you know, I, I, can, I can give it as much as that. Yeah. Uh, European football news, mate. Bayern Munich get it done in the Bundesliga again. Uh, so, ten years, a decade of success continues for for Bayern. It, I mean, if we think that Arsenal bottled the league, you know, they bottled it weeks ago. So it's been a, you know, it's been a wound that has sort of been able to be treated efficiently. But talk about bottling the league. If Dortmund had have won or matched Bayern's result, they were champions, and they're playing at home against Mines. And they lost. 
2-1. So a, a penalty was saved from Sebastian Haller, which would have been an absolute amazing talking point. So if he scores that penalty and they go on to win, I mean, Sebastian Haller, for the listeners who aren't aware, he's only come back this season from testicular cancer. So it would have been just an absolute beautiful story. However, unfortunately, that, that was saved, and uh, mines then went up 2-1. Um, Dortmund scrapped one back, but it was a little too late. Um, Jamal Musiala got the late winner for Bayern in their match against Cologne. Um, that's going to see the, uh, the title head back to Munich, but it's heading back on goal difference. So, um, yeah, very hard one to take. Match day 38 to kick off La Liga this weekend. Uh, Barcelona, they have wrapped that one up. Um, so they've got one more match. They're already well ahead of Real Madrid. Napoli have already won the Serie A. And uh, round 38 of the Liga kicks off with PSG having up, wrapped up the title, title there. Um, however, you know, nobody really uh, thought it was going to go anywhere else in the, uh, in the French football so, mate, uh, that's it from the football. Anything else you'd like to add before we move on? Mate, I think it's time for the integrity. The integrity report. Integrity. This is Democracy Manifest. All right, Potty, we've got some integrity issues that we need to discuss here. Um, They're important issues. Absolutely. The first one is is something that uh, I, I thought I'd, I'd throw it in there because, you know, I think it's important, but it's also an important health message for all of our listeners out there who, who don't understand the uh, the risk that we take when, when participating in our recreation. So um, young rising Aussie uh, fighter, MMA fighter, Tim Schultz, He's um he's in a fight uh, in the fight of his life in Thailand at the moment, mate. So he's got a staph infection in his leg, and they're looking at the possibility of him having to have his leg amputated. Mm. Potty, have you ever had a staph infection before? I haven't. Oh, mate, I tell you what, I've um so obviously I've done a, a fair bit of jujitsu grappling in the in the past. So and for any of our listeners there, the Grappling, wrestling, gyms alike—they are absolute cesspits for staff. Like that's—it's—it's it's a breeding ground, and I've—I oh, reckon I've probably had about oh, six or seven bouts of staff before, and it is a nightmare. I've never had a really bad one, like an MRSA, but you know, if you don't get onto staff early, it can be. You know, obviously it can be life-threatening. Mm. You know, so anyway, young uh, Tim Schultz, he's um. He was overtraining with uh, one of the camps, and a lot of the camps in Thailand, especially when you when you're training, will tell you that you probably you know will give you instructions around bringing an antibacterial soap, making sure that you're you're cleaning properly. Once you get off the mat, shower straight away. Don't sit. Don't let um, your skin dry. Get door. You know, sit there because it, you know that's how your staff gets in into any breaks of the skin, which when you're sharing body fluids on a, on a mat, there's going to be plenty of that. So, um, yeah, so anyway, he's had the infections beginning in his leg and uh, have you seen the uh, the images, mate? So if I just twist the images to you here, he's had to have it 
drawn out. So there's obviously that much fluid in his leg that he's had it drawn out. And, mate, it oh. looks like he's got an elephant foot. Yep. So he's obviously they've, – they've drilled into his leg to try and uh, – drain out the fluid and relieve the pressure. But, um, yeah, so there's a uh, a bit of a GoFundMe put up there for him to help try and get him home to try and get some uh, some further treatment and save the leg. But, um, look, if there's anything we can learn about this in terms of the integrity of the, the clean and the scrub, mate, mm. it is, uh, guys, if you are training in those environments, use your antibacterial soap. You know, make sure you're showering after you get out of the gym and, uh, yeah, you've got to change. There's a reason for it. Yeah. So, um, yes, uh, we, we wish you all the best, Tim, and hopefully you can you can get on the mend and, um, yeah, you can keep your limbs intact, mate. All the best, mate. But um, so that was, that was the serious stuff, Potty. Now we've got to get into the real integrity issue, mate. Um, Joshua Olding, have you heard of him, mate? I've heard about Joshua, mate. I've, I've read up a bit about Joshua. Joshua Olding, mate. Now... Joshua Olding uh, has been in a bit of strife. To say the least. He's a, he's a man from Tasmania in, uh, and he's had to sit in front of Launceston Magistrates Court um, and answer eight charges of using a carriage service to menace. Mm. If I was to say, and you, I mean, you're pretty, pretty much across the legal studies curricula, if I was to say using a carriage service to menace, what would you, uh, what would you deem that? Harass or cause offence? Mate, um, well, we need to be more specific, don't we? Sounds like he's being a pest. Yeah, it does. So anyway, Olding has been uh, charged with eight counts of calling a call centre, which was operated by female, um, at which point uh, Olding would start heavy breathing. And it became uh, it became very apparent that he was actually uh, treating himself like an amusement park. He was uh, ripping the head off it whilst he was t- listening to the voice on the other end. Now, this guy, what sort of creep is he, buddy? Well, mate, he's coming out and he's uh, quoted as saying, it's a sickness. Well. Well, yeah. Yeah, mate. Well done. Gold medal and spot the obvious. Yes. Like, oh, what now, are we doing here? Now, on a bright note, if we could look at the glass half full here, mate, he has hung up on 17 occasions during his menacing act mm. when a male voice answered the phone. Why did he do that? He has stated... To the judge because he isn't gay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're imagining uh, he said that in a, a tone or phrased it in a way. Well, I I think he would have been quite assertive when he said that one by the sounds of him. And uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a problem there. Yeah, but, Joshua, mate, mate, give yourself an uppercut. Yeah, Look, the fact that he's a meth addict as well, so that's obviously documented in the story here. Um, yeah, he became a meth addict when he fell out with family. Can't imagine why. Um, yeah, some well, years back. If you are ringing up, you know, local call centres to try and pleasure yourself, you're probably going to fall out with most of your family. Yep, uh, I'm, I'm going to yeah be comfortable to say that. Yeah, and I mean, it's a risk as well because I mean, if you're a meth addict and you're 
you know, working yourself over, I mean, there's a good chance you're probably going to end up with no skin on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the integrity report never ceases to impress us. However, Joshua, give yourself an uppercut. Um, Mate, before we move on from that, have you ever had any, like yourself, or you've made any prank calls or had any mates that have made inappropriate sort of dumb phone calls before in the past? Yeah, so I can't remember any specific examples. Uh, not not myself as far as um, uh, prank calls, but, yeah, the, the prank calls used to be uh, fairly common, didn't they? Yeah, I, back when the pub used to page people, that yeah. was always a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I worked with a colleague once who um, uh, who left a um, a message on another colleague's desk saying, "Can you call um, Barb Dwyer for me?" Oh and yes. they rang up the local fencing company. Ah oh, yes, and they did ring him. Classic, <laughs> mate. I, I've um, one that we used to do as as a kids as a an old. Um, I mean, I'm probably putting myself in it here, but hell, anyway. Oh, years. I'd say the statute of limitations have ended on that. Jim Bins out in Western Sydney. We used to order skip bins to people's houses. It was an absolute pisser. <laughs> so they'd be out the front and, and the skip bin companies were so efficient that they'd often unload the bin before even knocking on the uh, front door because they just wanted to get it off and get on to the next job. Yep. So people would actually go out the front with a skip bin on their front lawn and go, what's going on here? I haven't ordered this. And we'd be on our mountain bikes just down the road just cracking up laughing, <laughs> watching, watching them drop off. Um, however, i got a better one. I've got one up, yeah. And um, one of uh, my, I, I would say one of my best mates, um, you know, he took it to the extreme when it came to the phone call and um, he tried to get his girlfriend out of work. And do you know how he done that? How do you do it? Well, she was working at a shopping centre at the time and uh, he decided to call in a bomb threat oh. at the shopping centre. Oh. But it's okay, Potty. He put his number on private. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now... It's an absolute piss. We see every time with this comes up, we all end up crying in tears, laughing. But um, and there's a reason why he's one of my greatest mates because he's got my back. I oh, know you. You got to keep blokes like that around you. He's he's an absolute legend. Uh, yeah, bad choice on that one because uh, yeah, I mean when you put your number on private, it doesn't work. The police are better than that. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, so a couple of rippers. But uh, yeah, if you've got any of those stories, prank calls, anything uh, that you can uh, one up us on, send it through us to us on the socials at Sports Detention. All right, mate. Should we move on to the sports around the world? Let's have a look. All right, matey. We've had some uh, some boxing over the weekend. There wasn't wasn't many big fights on. Um, obviously, we had uh, Joe Parker picking up the win after we discussed it last uh, last weekend. Uh, last week's my apologies. 
Um, however, there was another fight on the weekend. Uh, the IBF featherweight title was up for grabs with uh, Michael Conlon, Irish fighter. Um, people might know Michael Conlon from his Rio Olympics exploits where he was absolutely robbed. However, he faced Luis Alberto Lopez and um, he came up short. Second world title fight. However, I've got some, um, got some highlights for you, mate, that uh, it was an absolute ripper of a knockout. Um, you know, Mickey Conley, he was Second taking... week in a row we're talking about these. Mate, he was taking an... Uh, a bit of a beating, and um, as you can see, Lopez scores with a great right to He's in trouble. in trouble. He staggered back up to that right uppercut, and So he's getting the beat down. The t- the corner's about to throw the towel in, but if you just watch this wonderful little check hook on the way in, oh, just special. Puts him out, and then you see the towel flowing in. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was a it was a great performance by Lopez. Um, unfortunately for Michael Conlon, uh, you know another world title fight. He's he's come short, unfortunately. But um, yeah, he's an entertaining fighter, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good watch, Mickey Conlon. So um, best wishes, mate. Back on the horse. Oh, yeah, it was certainly a brutal knockout and it looked like he was basically um, picking him apart towards the end. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so so the, the corners obviously had the towel ready. He, yeah. He'd had enough. Yeah, a little bit too late again, but, you know, anyway. Mate, Night of Champions. Night of Champions and, uh, yes, the WWE back in action. And mm-hmm. um, Did you catch any of it? Yeah, got, got the highlights of the Night of Champions and um, don't we love it when Brock Lesnar gets in. Oh, mate. The beast. Oh, Brock Lesnar. So, look, Night of Champions, WWE Night of Champions has taken place in Saudi Arabia over the week. However, Brock Lesnar has had a match against the great Cody Rhodes. Son of Dusty. Yes. We, we love the Rhodes family here at the Sports Detention. Yeah. Gold Dust. Gold Dust. Oh, yes. Um, now, Cody Rhodes, it was a, it was a back-and-forward match, mm. and it was an absolute pisser. I loved it. Um, Cody Rhodes had a broken arm. Mm. and At the hands of Brock Lesnar. Oh, mate. But you know what? He gave Brock a taste of his own medicine because he started flogging him with the cast. Oh, oh I wow. mean, just in a smart move of professional wrestling, he used the cast to beat down Brock Lesnar. He even dusted off an F5, mate. Yeah, the, the finisher of the great Brock Lesnar. Mate, he... Put away when, many opponent with an F5. Mate, he's dropped an F5 on Cody Rhodes. He's covered. Cody Rhodes kicked out. But his undoing, mate is something that, I mean, I don't think will ever be seen again in combat sports. And Brock Lesnar, as we go in and we go into the highlights, has put Cody Rhodes away with something that I don't think will ever be seen again. And now again, Lesnar looking for the Kimura. He hits the Kimura. On the broken arm of Cody Rhodes. And On the broken arm. So Cody Rhodes is absolutely struggling to manage this. Look at this. The Kimura. He rolls over. He takes full mount with the Kimura. He's calling for the tap, Brock Lesnar. Cody Rhodes, Potty, then loses consciousness. Choked out. 
I have never seen anybody ever be choked out with a Kimura. Oh. I mean, is it even physically possible? I mean, in the world of WWE, it is. Of course it is, mate. Of course it is. <laughs> now, it may seem like I'm being sceptical. A Kimura is an arm lock. It's a rotation lock on the so- shoulder joint. How it cuts off the blood supply to the brain through the carotid artery, I don't know. But, I mean, he somehow managed it. Are they suggesting he passed out to the because of the pain? Oh, it's got to be. Well. It's got to be the pain. I've missed it. I've sold it short, mate. I haven't even looked outside the square, have I? So, Cody, due to the broken arm and the pain, he's lost consciousness. He's gone into shock. He's gone into shock. Well, another ripper from the WWE. I think he had it right the first time, mate. I I think Brock Lesnar is that good. He's He's that strong. He's... he's Somehow figured out. Used a Kimura as a choke. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, mate, I'm absolutely... Get him back in the UFC. Well, I mean, who would step into the octagon against that? Yeah, I don't know, mate. Yeah. Um, NHL, mate. Yeah. You enjoy a bit of hockey? First time it's been on the podcast. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of hockey. I can't say I'm a, a um, religious watcher of the hockey, but I do like to keep my eye on how things are going. And we've got the um, the Stanley Cup finals. Mate, yeah, I'm a, I'm a massive hockey fan. I love the hockey. I don't get around it as much as what I'd like to. The Canucks, so Vancouver Canucks are my team. Um, I obviously spend a bit of time in Vancouver. Um yeah, then they haven't been doing very well for a while now, um, the old Canucks. But, um, look, I was getting around the um, the NHL. We've got the Stanley Cup finals coming up. So Florida Panthers versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm. Now, I mean, the NHL must be pulling their hair out because they are the two of the smallest market teams that could possibly make a final series. So Florida, not much ice down there. Yeah. Vegas, no. I mean, well, it's it snows. Chilly, it snows in Vegas. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'll be interested in seeing what the uh, what the viewership figures on there, but there's there's not one of the the originals in there, nah, which is always about, good. Yeah, you think about... Um, if you get a Leafs, a Bruins, yeah. a Rangers, you know, you're going to get... Chicago. Yeah, Blackhawks, you're going to yeah. get big numbers. Or even, you know, the Canucks. I mean, they're very, very well followed. Yeah. So, unfortunately, they've drawn the short straw, um, you know, and they've ended up with the Florida Panthers versus the Vegas Golden Knights. I must take my hat off to Vegas, though. So in the first year that they came in the competition in 2017, they made the Stanley Cup final, yeah. which is pretty impressive. And now they're back for a second crack. So they they obviously lost the um, their first Stanley Cup series. Yeah. However, they're back. Um, however, they're... they're Facing a Florida side that are in form, mate. Seven game series in the first round, so they went all all seven. But since then, they've gone four one and four nil. Yeah. So, I mean, they're on a bit of a roll. Yeah. The Panthers. So, um, you know, the big question is who's going to take out the title in what could be considered two of the smallest hockey markets. Um, it'll be uh, interesting to see, mate. Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. But with rugby league going to Vegas, yeah. Could the fellas stop in and check out the Stanley Cup while they're there is the big question. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. Certainly something that they uh, would love to do, I'm sure. Plenty of things to do in Vegas, though, isn't there? Oh, yeah, they'll be busy. They'll be busy. <laughs> League of the NRL is going to get them in and get them out of quick smart. Oh, that'd be the smart money. 
Any chance Newcastle's going to get? No, sorry, I'm, I digress. Jumping, jumping ahead. Uh, the F1, mate. Did you catch any of the uh, the Formula One on the weekend, mate? My favourite race of the year, Monaco. Monaco, just the um, just the highlights of it, mate. But yeah, yeah it was. Um, you know, Monaco is really a, a highlight, isn't it? On the um, on the F1 circuit. Yeah, yeah, I mean the glitz and glamour of Monaco, but I mean basically, watch the qualifying once you get the. Uh, once you get the positions that whoever comes first in qualifying pole generally wins the race. There's not many not many overtaking spots in in Monte Carlo. Maxi's race, yeah. So Max Max won the won the race. He started on pole, obviously held through. Um, you know the Alonso won back. He wound back the clock. He got second, um, and Esteban Ocon got on the podium. He rounded out the podium. Um, there was a bit of rain on the track, which is a bit of carnage, mate. Um, there was a few different periods of the race, so there was a bit of toing and froing about the tyres. Um, I believe Alonso, he made a choice to stick with the mediums. He didn't go to the hybrids, yep. and um, they, they, you know, there's discussions as to whether he would, if he had his decision again, that um, you know he he'd take that back. But um, I mean, really, really, for me, mate. I like my F1 like I like my footy, hard, fast and unsafe. Mm. You know, I liked the carnage when the rain came. Yep. It was great. Blokes sliding everywhere. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Indeed, indeed. Hey, uh, does that um, finish it off for other sports? Or? That wraps us up, mate. That wraps it up. Well, Should we talk about the multis? Let's talk about the multis, mate. How'd you go, mate? Oh, well, mate, um, you know, two out of three. You know, not bad, you know. Just about everyone would say two out of three is pretty good. Do you know who wouldn't? Someone who wanted to win a three-legged multi. That's right, mate. So, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, you know, we, we finished up the EPL season. We both got on the EPL. Um, yep. I had um, uh, Everton winning, which they did. I had Leicester winning, which they did. But I um, got greedy, and I originally had Spurs winning, and I changed to the last minute to juicy up my odds and have Leeds and... Um, Spurs getting a draw and, a draw. Uh, and Spurs quite comprehensively won. Hence the um the odds. Yes. <laughs> so uh, two out of three, my greed cost me there and um, gamble responsibly. Well, mate, uh, I got go? two out of three as well. Um, United got the win. Bruno scored, but Garnacho did not score. Mm. Now Garnacho, yeah, he started, but um, you know he he wasn't as involved in the game as much as I would have liked. Um, I was punting Garnacho to score under the the thought that I thought he would start on the bench and come on. Yep. And against a tired, you know, Fulham defence running at him late in the game, I thought there was a goal in him. But I was wrong. I didn't have um, Eric Tenhard's uh, selection yep. bad, so I didn't know who was playing and when. And, uh, yeah, it cost me. Yep. But anyway, um, I thought with the three-legged multi, mate, we could have a special. We've got the Origin tomorrow. Um, we're going to have an Origin special episode on Thursday. Um, so th- Thursday there will be an Origin wrap episode that will be released for the for the listeners out there. So you can tune in again and we'll check in on our Origin multis. However, just off the cuff, mate, without thinking too much, we'll see how successful we are with this. Three-legged origin multi, what do you got? All right, mate. So I think I am going to go with uh, New South Wales to win. Yep. 
uh, and I'm going to go with uh, the Fox to score, anytime try scorer. And I'm also going to go with a middle to score, which is a little bit, you know, unique, a little bit out there. I think I'm going to go with Junior Paolo to score. I think Appy's going to get a little bit creative. We're going to see a big guy go over. So I'm going to go with Junior Paolo. I like it. Yep. All right, mate, I'm going to go Blues to win. Uh, Cleary to score. Mm. Crichton to score. Yep, right. Going to go Penrith. Yeah. I like it, mate. So, you know, obviously my junior in there is going to throw things, um, uh, the odds a little bit my way. But um, Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad bet, the 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 middle to score in an origin, because there's usually I, – I, I picked one up with Saifidi a couple of seasons ago, mm. one of the very few wins that I've had. Yep. And that was basically my thinking was, you know, a short play oh, off, off the ruck. I'll, I'll be surprised if a middle doesn't score. Um, yep. But just, you know – it's going to be 12 middles out there, so I'm not <laughs> sure. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. All right, so we'll lock those ones in. Guys, send us through your origin multis. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have the have the chatter going over the origin uh, match tomorrow night, So, and we'll review those in our origin special this Thursday. Mm. Potty, what have we got next? Mate, it is everybody's favourite segment, the one the listeners are always... Waiting for the penis of the week. The penis of the week. Mate, did you want to jump into yours first? Uh, yeah, why not? I'll jump into mine. Uh, so my penis of the week, um, I'm going to... I'm going to start hard and then divide it. So starting hard, I'm going to say the penis of the week is Dr. Gerald Collins. Mm. Now, people are probably going, what? Who's Dr. Gerald Collins and why is he a penis? Okay. So let's get into it. Urologist Dr. Gerald Collins has claimed that sitting down to pee is more efficient for blokes. Now, I don't know how to take this potty. Um, Dr. Gerald Collins can go and do one because... You know, I know it's 2023 and everybody wants to try and, you know, warp the normality. But I don't care how much better it is for me. I'm a bloke and I'm going to stand. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure what Gerald's coming from, where he's coming from here. I've, he certainly doesn't have my group of mates. If um, you yeah, know, where I was I mean, at the pub with um, the mates and I, uh, you know, decided to participate in a slash in that fashion, I'd be hearing about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if the boys, we walk in, we go to the the trough and you just divvy off into the, you know, into the stall, people are going, he's taking a shit. Yeah, that's right. You know, they're not going to assume that you're sitting down to pee because nobody does it. No. Unless you've got a vagina. Um. A YouGov poll, apparently, Potty, in this um, in this story, has uh, quizzed 7,000 men from 13 countries and found that 40% of German men sit down to pee. Mm. I mean, that is a scathing accusation against the German males. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it goes in a bit deeper into that to, to uh, suggest that... Um, you know, obviously, the, the relaxation of the bladder and the pressure put on it 
within the position is is where they're coming from. However, um, the German term for it is called a Sitzpinkler. A Sitzpinkler is uh, so sitting whittlers is what that translation's in, and it's actually um, an offensive slur, and it's deemed it being wimpy or effeminate. So, I mean, but of course, yeah. but of course. So, gentlemen out there, if you sit down to pee and you haven't had a skinful of lager, you're a penis. And even if you have had a skinful of lager and you sit down to poo, you're a penis because you should stand up. And if you fall in, that's okay. That's the risk you take in being a man, okay? So anybody who sits down to pee, you are a penis. What do you think about that, mate? Mate, I, I agree with you, but, you know, I've got my own penis of the week as well. And I'll tell you, there were people lining up for it this week as far as I was concerned. Now, I don't know whether I was just a little bit grumpy well, mate, you're picking them out. Or whether this has just been simply our most popular segment, so people are thinking, you know what, I'm going to really try and get involved here. Yeah. So I've got a couple of honourable mentions to start with before I get to mine. So the first of all, mate, you'd be across this, the New South Wales Blues jersey debacle. I mean... I am, mate. What an absolute shit fight. So what... So New South Wales Blues. What what type of blue are the Blues? Sky Blues. Sky Blue. All right, mate. We're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of role play here. Mm. Um, I want you to pretend that you're selling me the idea of a navy blue jersey because for our listeners at home, if you haven't seen it, it's a it's a navy blue atrocity that they've tried to put off as a Blues jersey. Righto, walk in and try and sell it to me, mate. Mate, state of origin this week. I've got this. Uh, lovely navy blue jersey. Na- like. Navy, navy blue. Navy blue jersey that I want you to wear to support the blues this week. Get out. Yes. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Get out. Oh, hold on a second. Did you say navy blue? I said navy blue. Yeah, you should be walking out that door, mate. So, mate, this isn't even where it hits me most. I mean, I agree that where the sky blues. What are they even doing? To try and um, change the the colour makeup, I don't get it. But what they should have been doing is they should have been walking down the hallway after being told to get out. <laughs> but the NRL has decided four days or five days before the Origin, when all the jerseys have been made, when they're in shops, who's going to buy them? I don't know. But anyway, yeah. they're in shops. They've decided to say, "Oh, you can't wear that." that what about a bit of organisation? Yes. What about a bit of getting on top of this? So there's just. Absolute jokes of decision. First of all, New South Wales changing their jersey colour. Yeah. Secondly, the NRL not being on top of it in a sufficient amount of time. Mm. Look, I mean, we talk about the rivalry, we talk about the ins and outs of it, but could you imagine Queensland ever coming together with a to with a white jersey with maroon trim? They just wouldn't do it. Look, we're New South Welshmen. We'll be honest. At origin time, we don't like Queenslanders. But are they going to waste their time having a meeting saying, no. oh, do you know what, Let's should we change the colour of our jersey? That, the bloke who suggests that, see you later. He's gone. You're gone. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Oh, so that was my The first. next thing you'll be checking, mate, is the job listings at Centrelink. That's right. That's, That's what you'll be checking, mate. Um. Before we go, before we finalise um, 
Origin, mate, because it's on tomorrow. If you've um, if you want to get into the Origin fever, you've got young kids. Uh, do yourselves a favour, ABC of you. Get on to Bluey. Mm, yes, Bluey the decider. I mean, I have made my kids watch it at least nine times this week. There's an episode in Bluey called The Decider and it's Queensland versus New South Wales. It's an absolute ripper and it just, it'll bring a tear to your eye because guess who commentates the match, mate? Rabs. Ray Rabbits Warren the gets the start. So since his retirement from Channel 9, he's obviously got a bit of freedom of voice and he's been able to jump on over to ABC and commentate on the, the Bluey cartoon, which was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, check that one out. Uh, Bluey, get in the mood for it. Get the kids involved. Go the Blues. Who we got, mate? Penis of the Week. Any other honourable mentions? Well, mate, up until uh, probably Saturday, Sunday, that was my Penis of the Week. But then I hear about a bloke who's opening a plane door when it's still 300 metres off the ground. Ooh, what type of plane are we talking? Uh, We're talking, oh, I don't know whether it was a 747, but it was a a big passenger plane. Oh, crumbs. So... You know, putting there's footage of it, and people are obviously terrified, holding on, mm. and so he's just opened the door. So, oh, you know, God, you know, I mean, none of us like sitting there waiting for the plane to taxi. Yeah, none of us like you know being right at the back of the plane. Yeah, when you got to get your bag out, and wait for everyone to get off. Have you? you know what I mean, we've all been on the plane though, and like I. There's a reason why we sit across from each other and we do a podcast, mate, because we sort of think alike. I, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, common ground here. There is nothing worse than sitting on a plane and as soon as they land, people start taking their fucking seatbelt off and start getting their overhead like luggage out. Like just like, mate, you're in row 67D, you dickhead. You're not getting off here. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Just stay in, strap in, enjoy, and then once the aisle is clear, you can walk on out. And uh, for the love of God, don't open the plane door. Well, that's true as well. Actually, don't open the door. It's not your job. It's Um, not your job. Leave that to somebody else. Yeah, there's someone who's paid really, really well, and they do a very good job at opening the doors. Um, Interesting one on this one. I've got a a friend of mine who uh, he he worked out on Palm Island, so Palm Island in in remote Queensland, um, Indigenous community up there on Palm Island. And uh, he was working in the hospital there, and he was telling me a story about one of the local fellas was flying in, and I believe they get their flights from Townsville. I might be absolutely butchering this story, but anyway... And he obviously could see the lights flashing. There was a bit of action on the tarmac as they're coming in and they're in light aircraft. So anyway, this bloke's getting a little bit of restless and noticing that it's the fuzz waiting on the <laughs> tarmac. So he said, well, I ain't going out of here without a fight. So he's decided to open the door of the light aircraft and as it hits and stops and starts to really slow down to a taxi, he rolls out the side of the aeroplane jumps over the barbed wire fence and scales up into the abyss. Now, I mean, Palm Island's only a small island, so I'm certain they found him pretty pretty <laughs> shortly after that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it does happen. Mm. However, um, yeah, he was wanted for something. He was wanted for more after that. He certainly was. And, um, well, mate, you would think that this sort of behaviour, that would certainly take the cake for me, but no. I was astonished, and here is my gold medalist for the week. 
There is a bloke in India who has dropped his phone, so his Samsung, yeah. into a DM. Cool. Gone. See you later. Well, that is a shame. That's a $1,200 phone, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, wait, it's it's gone. Yeah, I mean, it would take a mountainous effort to retrieve a phone. Yep. And you know what? This bloke was up for it. He has sent down. He's Gower. He sent down divers to find this phone. Divers, professional divers. You sent them down and they've gone and then they find it. Problem solved. No, can't find it, mate. Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, well, bad luck. Yep. Yep. Uh, what can you do? Tell you what you can do, Grego. You can drain the entire dam. <laughs> He's drained a, the dam. Into a nearby canal. Oh, mate, I've heard the, of draining the swamp. The water but a supply. Dam. The water supply for many. Yeah. You know, water, the stuff you need to survive. Yes. To find his phone. Clean water too, which is, is not abundant in India. No. Now, this is a government official. Oh, it gets worse. So this is a bloke <laughs> who's basically, you know, what, what, what's your role as a government official? Your, your, your job is to, you know, look after the people. Yeah. And he's decided he needs his phone back. And... I was astonished. I thought, you are greedy, you are selfish. But then do you know what I thought? Mate, what is on your phone? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can we get a hard drive check over here, please? Uh, oh, so, mate. He's hiding something. You haven't had too much luck this week because he found his phone and it was busted, gone. So after all that, he found it and it was broken. Um, I thought, you know, when you started this story, I thought you were going to, like, I didn't think we were going to go to the depth of draining. I thought oh. he was maybe just going to just get tons of rice and throw <laughs> it into the into the water system because apparently if you put your phone in rice, it's going to completely fix it oh. <laughs> if it gets waterlogged. But, mate, as I said, lost your phone. Thousands of people lost water. Yeah. Nothing's looking good, but, hey, guess what? You've won. You're the penis of the week. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's your prize, champion. All right, mate. We've done it. We've wrapped it up again. What are your thoughts, mate? Any final things that you would like to like to add to the discussion? Thank you, listeners. Make sure you um, keep a lookout for our Origin special coming out later this week. We're going to do a re- review of the game. Yep. Give our um, give our points for the game and um, a couple of special awards. Absolutely. And uh, for all of our listeners. In Malibula, home of the Malibula Panthers, we say good night.